Well, well, well. <laughs> Look who's back, 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 back again, again, again. <laughs> it's been a while since I could hold my head up high. And all the songs that talk about being gone. It feels like the first time. Uh, you it guys. Feels like the very first time. You guys were back. What's and up? we always knew we would be, let's be honest. Don't call it a comeback. <laughs> We've been here for years. <laughs> We've been on a very long and deserved break. Yeah, we we've been working it. hard and we deserved a break. We Do not an endless summer vacation, Miley told us so. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. This is the Watching Up podcast, in case you forgot. How could they? And we're your hosts. I'm Rachel. And I'm Michelle. And we are back with so freaking much to talk about. I probably can't even remember everything that has happened since the last time we recorded. There is so much to talk about, like, especially in pop culture yes <laughs> like pop culture been popping off have exploded in a way that i don't think any of us saw coming things um, have happened because as i recall the last time we recorded was the week we were about to go see the jonas brothers isn't that the last time we were but we naive children back then we didn't know what we was about no to idea. happen <laughs> we had no idea <laughs> Yeah, you're right. Last time we recorded was like late August, and you know our world late blew hit up us like a wrecking ball. <laughs> <laughs> so you might be able to wrecking ball. You might be able to understand why we were indisposed for so long. <laughs> for real, though, I think we both kind of like went into hibernation, or it was just like. I need the news cycle to cycle it needs because to cycle. I cannot deal. I need to log of off. Of course, what we're referring to, I guess we should <laughs> Yeah, we should mention it. Is the news of our beloved Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner divorcing. Divorcing. A very disgustingly messy divorce. That and seemingly out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. Horrific kind of... It takes a toll on our mental wellness. <laughs> yeah, when you're a stan and you're and you stan, love them both, and you love them both, and the object of your standing is going through something very public and very uh, volatile, it it takes a toll on you. Mm -hmm. And I'm not afraid to admit that. I don't know <laughs> them personally, obviously. So anybody coming yes. here, like you don't even know them. I know. But and neither just, do you. If you're bad mouthing them, you don't know them either. So it's just up. sad. <laughs> it's just sad. You don't want to see really anybody sad. go through that, especially when there's kids involved. And yeah, it mm -hmm. just sucks. But we can maybe get a little bit deeper into that later. Mm -hmm. I want to know. Tell the people what you've been up to. Oh shoot! Okay, since late August, we saw the Jonas Brothers. Yes. I saw Beyonce. Yes. <laughs> I went to Europe. Yes. 
and I came home, and now it's almost Halloween, <laughs> and the year's almost over, Yeah, and I don't know how this all happened. It really feels like the year is over, honestly. Right. People are, like, messaging me, like, Christmas plans, and I'm like, god damn it. <laughs> Where did what happened to the year? Um yeah, I feel like I have like the whole rest of my year planned out already. Right. <laughs> like, well, that's kind of always how it feels, though. I feel like when you get like into fall, and then it's like, oh, every weekend for the rest of the year is booked. Yeah, and it just goes by in the blink of an eye. Yeah. Q four, am I right? Q four, everyone's <laughs> hi- getting into hyperspeed. Um, the weather has been so nice though. And I feel like that's part of it where everyone's like, okay, we can actually like go outside and do stuff. What do you want to do? What do you want to do? What do you want to do? <laughs> like, I've been walking Bo every day. He loves it. I love it. Just like being outside when it's not feeling like the surface of the sun is just so pleasant. <laughs> yeah. And I remember what getting vitamin D feels like. <laughs> I know. I've been like, actually like just relishing in the time I spend outside which is not the norm for me and it just makes Um, every other like interaction you have or like any like mundane thing you have to do like feel not as annoying because mm -hmm. you're not constantly like thinking about how uncomfortable your body is yeah you're like hey uh, the other day I went to Chick-fil-a and just went through the drive-thru but everyone was like literally so nice and I was like (laughs) and it was a beautiful day and I was like I love my life (laughs) life is good I'm gonna get one of those bumper stickers (laughs) it's like life is good but only in October through November (laughs) put a piece of paper over it for the summer yeah um yeah, I agree. And it's kind of like even when you're like annoyed with work and stuff, you're like you're like at least I can like escape to the outdoors for a little mental mm-hmm. break. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Um, do you want to talk about your Beyoncé experience? <sighs> I do. I don't know if there's <laughs> words that I can put into a complete sentence to describe the feeling of seeing someone like Beyonce in person for the first time but it was pretty euphoric I guess is the word to describe the experience like yeah just like seeing somebody that like is at the top of their game like is a talent that maybe you only see like once a generation and Mm -hmm. like is just like knows who they are and like owns it and like is just so confident and like artistic and beautiful I don't know there's no it was so good that's that's all I can say about it like if you had didn't get a chance to see her and I I I would encourage everyone to go see the movie when it comes out for sure yeah I for sure want to go see that do you think mom and fod will want that to be our Christmas day (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about that (laughs) is it a Christmas is it coming out on Christmas I think it opens December 1st Oh, okay. I'll just Let's take that. Fod for his birthday. <laughs> yeah, I love it. But no, it was so fun. Everyone was having a great time. Like it was one of those concerts where everybody was like standing and and yelling and like yeah, singing all the lyrics. And it was it was except just when you're on mute. And everyone <laughs> muted. Uh, our 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 arena was pretty quiet. It was pretty yeah. cool. I saw but, some videos from that one. It was pretty good. Yeah. It was good. So I was proud. It was fun. Yeah. 
It was a great experience. Oh my god. So cool. She's amazing. She is. She's a queen. I can't believe she's real. I can't believe she exists. <laughs> um, well, that's awesome. I was so jealous, but I'm glad that she's putting out her movie because yeah. I can experience the Renaissance tour that way. Um, and like knowing what I know about her and how she kind of produces her like visuals and her movies and stuff, I just feel like it's going to be like a really good picture of like what it was like to be there I feel like yeah yeah I mean if it's anything like homecoming like it's gonna be amazing yeah um so yay and then like literally the next day you left for Europe or like two days after two days later yeah so we had like a Friday it was the concert was on a Thursday then we had Friday to like pack and get ready and then Saturday we left so dang It was a whirlwind. How was your trip? It was so fun. It made me like remember how much I love traveling. I know. Not that I ever forgot, but I think like every time you come back, you kind of get back into your routine and then you don't really think about going anywhere for a while. And then when you do go, you're like, oh, why am I not doing this like 50% more of my life. (laughs) Yeah, it's all I ever want to do. And all that my bank account will not allow me to do. I know. (laughs) It's it's definitely more accessible than it used to be, but it's still like, I don't... It's not as accessible as it was like a few years ago, though. Right. It's gotten more expensive in the past like year or so. Yeah, for sure. uh, But yeah, that that sound... Your trip looked so fun. It was fun. We went to... Paris and then we went to Germany and did Oktoberfest in Munich and then we went to Berlin and I have to say like the most surprised I was by all of the cities was well I'd been to Paris before so I know I love Paris but Berlin was so cool Mm -hmm. like I could like envision myself living there for sure it was super like modern and clean and like it seemed like not overcrowded like there was plenty of like public spaces and parks and like just things to do and see. Mm-hmm. I was like, hmm, this seems like a good life. <laughs> yeah, totally. I want to go to Berlin. I've only ever been in Munich on a layover. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, everyone in this airport looks like a model. Y'all, you're all beautiful. <laughs> German people are so pretty. Like, I didn't even realize, like, when I was at Oktoberfest, I was thinking about all my single friends. I was like, y'all could find a husband here. <laughs> Let me go find my own Rolf. And Nick was even commenting, like, the people in Europe that, like, like, in the States, I feel like we don't have, like, good minimum wage, like, pay. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, the people that, like, are working just, like, normal everyday jobs in Europe, I feel like, are way more, like, this is going to sound terrible, <laughs> but it's just, like, way more, like, put together and, like, have, like, enough money, I guess, to, like, live Goodbye. nice yeah. lives. Must be nice. So it's just, like, <laughs> he was just, like, commenting on how everybody seemed, like, so happy. And, happy. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's amazing how, like, a livable wage will up your quality of life. Right. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> Uh, that's awesome. It looked like so much fun. I want to go to Oktoberfest, but like I was telling you, I, there's a festival in New Braunfels, which is 
in Texas, it's like between San Antonio and Austin. Um, I went to college in San Marcos, which is like really close by. And there's a festival called Worst Fest, mm-hmm. which is like New Braunfels is like a small German town. So it's like basically Oktoberfest, but <laughs> in Texas, and it, um, the pictures reminded me of that. I was like, I need to go to Worst Fest again. It's time. It's time again. Yeah, it was super fun. Worst. It was like a really good experience and dressing up, and it was fun. Nice. Yeah. That sounds like so much fun, and I'm glad you're back safe. And like a an end of summer, early fall trip is really fun because then like once you get back, you have a lot of things still to look forward to. Mm-hmm. And it's not like that like end of vacation like blues, I feel Slump. like, where you don't yeah. have anything. Because I'm like, okay, now we got to get ready for Halloween and Thanksgiving and Christmas. And like, yeah, there's a lot the of fair. We're for. going to the state fair and like a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Well, should we talk about the Jonas Brothers concert? Duh. 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 <laughs> Last time you heard from us, I think, was like the week before we were going. I think something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so the day finally came. <laughs> we saw them in Arlington at the um, Globe Life Field. Mm-hmm. And it was so fun. It was fun. I it love was, them. I know. I peed a little bit. <laughs> I cried. <laughs> <laughs> It was, like, I think, like, for me, the main takeaway, like, we've talked about, or we talked about on an episode before when the album came out, we talked about, like, our thoughts in the album and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. But seeing them perform it live, like, made me love it so much more. Mm -hmm. Um, And so every time I listen to it now, I'm like, okay, these songs are certified bops. Like, yeah. I specifically the song Walls, I feel like played yeah. so much better live than mm-hmm. it did like listening to it on the album for the first time, which is funny because the first time I ever heard that song was when they performed it on SNL. Yeah. And I really like liked it and thought it was I, really yeah. cool. I and then too. I heard it on the album and I was like, I don't know. And then I it saw didn't it live translate again. the same. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I agree. Like the album is really good live. Uh it really lends itself to live performing, I think, so. Yeah. And they, so it was like, it was like basically their version of the Eras Tour where they played all of their discography, except for It's About Time, their first album. <laughs> Which <laughs> but, I want to comment on something. Okay. The Eras Tour thing. Okay, yeah, go, 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 go. <laughs> okay, so when the Jonas Brothers announced this album, they're like, I saw a lot of tweets that were like copying Eras Tour, Eras Tour Light. And I'm like, it's just what a concert is. Since the dawn of time, <laughs> have artists not like toured their like greatest hits? Like, yeah. you know, like, isn't that it's not like, like they're, cool. it's not like they're only performing their most recent album when right. they're on tour. So it's like, I get the, I get the idea of like, oh, this is my this era, this is my this era. Like, but at, at the end of the day, it's literally just, these are my biggest songs throughout my right. career. And that's right. what a tour usually is. So Agreed. I want everyone to calm down on the whole she invented the eras thing. <laughs> I agree. Um, but just, I guess, just in like the modern zeitgeist of what a reference right. point is. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they played like bits and pieces of honestly most of their songs that they've released, like 
even the deep cuts, um, they played like truncated versions of a lot of songs. They played shelf. Our song shelf. <laughs> <laughs> I think it deserved to be played in full. It but does. It's like such whatever. a good song. It's like a bop. They don't even give themselves enough credit for shelf. <laughs> Do you um, not understand the genius <laughs> you hold? No. The song is about a shelf. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally about a shelf. <laughs> you wouldn't understand. <laughs> um, but it was really fun to hear like a lot of the songs that like were like the origin of my fandom of them. And it just mm-hmm. like took me back to a time and place where I was like so young and <laughs> excited and like And it was a time when we were like or you specifically were seeing them a lot live. Yeah. And seeing that tour like multiple times over and over again. So I'm sure it like brought back like good memories of so childhood. many memories. Yeah. Adolescence. Adolescence, just like fucking around with my friends and like being like kicking our feet and like going, you know, being like little girls and stuff. It's just fun. Yeah. Um but yeah, it, it it's just it's so fun to like see, I don't know, like the evolution of their music and like we were talking about before we went to the concert when I was driving to Dallas, I listened to like all basically all of their albums <laughs> like from start to finish. Mm-hmm. And they just have evolved a lot over the mm-hmm. years. Totally. It sounds dumb. Like, obviously, they've evolved, but you know what I mean? Like, they have each album kind of has its own distinct sound mm-hmm. um, and kind of like what the vibe they were trying to go for is kind of very apparent in each album. So mm-hmm. it's just very cool. I love them. We love them so much. And we support them in the good times and the bad. <laughs> so. And the bad. And the bad. Yeah. Um, I just would like to come out and say that I don't think that Joe Jonas uh, is a child abductor and is holding his children hostage. <laughs> and if you believe that, then you're fucking dumb. <laughs> Amen, sister. The thing, the only thing I really have to say about that is, and I think like kind of the discourse around it has calmed down, so that's good. But yeah, I don't know. It's just like. If you don't think that these people are being advised by, like, attorneys on, like, what to do and what moves to make and, like, only trying to do the best thing they think for, like, themselves and their children to protect themselves, like – I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Like, that's literally all it is. So if you're taking literally anything – that comes out as like a quote unquote like source source close to the family says if you're taking any of that any of that at face value then that's your first mistake. Mm-hmm. Like we as a society we have got to have some semblance of media literacy or else we're just gonna fall victim to like all kinds of bullshit. <laughs> right. So, and um, I think we've all we've established that we as a society don't have media literacy. So <laughs> yeah. um, I've kind of thrown in the towel on trying to convince people otherwise, but it, that's just my two cents about the whole scenario. And there's obviously much more important pressing issues to be having discourse around yeah. that the whole thing just felt like very overblown to me. Agreed. Um, yeah, I was like, we're spending a lot of time on this when it's not necessary or warranted or like, you know, we're spending time on basically like 
third party words that have been said like what is what is happening (laughs) right right exactly and it's like not every but like people get divorced and sometimes (laughs) it's public and sometimes it's messy but that doesn't mean that there has to be one person that's completely in the wrong and one person that's a blameless angel and if you don't recognize that there's shades of gray and literally everything that happens then like you said you need to go touch grass <laughs> exactly i agree but like we said i'm glad that the media cycle has cycled and um you know other things are happening now <laughs> a lot of other things yeah <laughs> so we wish them the best truly i truly hope both of them are going to be okay and work it yes, out. I agree. Um, okay. What else has been going on in the world that you would like to talk about? I guess we could talk about Taylor Swift <laughs> taking over the NFL. Like, <laughs> oddly. <laughs> if we wanted to. I don't know if we want to go there, but. Um, well, it does kind of. We have a little special thing that we want to do <laughs> as we. We don't make it any secret that we're kind of uh, Taylor Swift critiques, and we, yeah, <laughs> and we're not we don't we don't fall under the Swifty category by any stretch of the imagination, um, but it's literally apparently she's the only person alive on the planet right now that we have to talk about. So yeah, <laughs> that's what it kind of is at this point. Well. Yeah, and I, yeah, I think the way you prefaced it is correct, like, Taylor Swift critiques, because I don't want to call myself a hater, because there are, like, obviously there, and we're going to get to it, we're going to, like, count down our top five Taylor Swift songs, because we do have things about her that we like, um, and, like, products that she's given us that we, like, are thankful for, (laughs) Um, and obviously she's, like, such a huge, like, part of pop culture discourse today it's it's you can't really ignore her mm-hmm. um I think where the critique for us more comes in is kind of separate from the music which there is music critiques that we have as well but it's more like the persona mm-hmm. and kind of the presence of like how it has almost snowballed into something that's just kind of bizarre, in my opinion. Right. Um, so I think that's where we kind of maybe, uh, what do you call it, merge away from like the Swifty culture. Uh-huh. Um, and so, yeah, if you're a Swifty, maybe skip this part. <laughs> but if, yeah. you, if you, if you're able to have, and like, I think people might call me or us, like, hypocrites because, like, obviously we are very Jonas Brothers stands. Like, we're, like, I'm a Beyonce, like, apologist. Like, to me, there's almost nothing she can do. But I can also sit in a room and have, like, a discussion and kind of, like, really analyze, like, different things about these people without, like crying or getting mad like (laughs) getting angry right exactly yeah and I that's one thing I just want to like be clear about I feel like I personally use the term Swifty as like a general term for the online fans specifically like people I know in real life I would never like if you're my friend and you're a Taylor Swift fan like obviously 
we can we've had discussions about it and stuff like that. Yeah, and I have a lot um, of friends that I think would categorize themselves as Swifties. Yeah. So I'm not saying like like they're wrong or they're right. They're the like people I take issue bad. with are the kind of keyboard warrior like crazy <laughs> like you know. There are people that literally think she is the second coming of Jesus can yeah. do no wrong and anything that she says is law <laughs> so those that's kind of like what we're talking about when we say it's like gone a little bit off right. the rails somewhere <laughs> yeah and I think that like in the time that we're like in the time that we are in right now I've just I feel so fatigued by it like I need everyone to stop shoving Taylor Swift news down my throat like I do not care (laughs) Mm -hmm. and so that's kind of like my mentality right now is just like I have I've said it before I'm like I'm so glad that you have something that you love I would never want to take that away from you please let me ignore it and live my life (laughs) (laughs) which is you can't it's impossible especially when like we are people that like want to actively kind of interact with what's going on in the zeitgeist, the pop culture news, like everything. Yeah. So, um, and I think part of where it almost like started, which I mean, she's been like larger than life for years now, but yeah, like when it kind of started intertwining with the Joe Jonas, Sophie Turner drama. That's what kind of, yeah, exactly. Go ahead. It was almost kind of like, this is, so calculated that I don't understand how people can't see that. Yeah. And how can people can say, oh, she's such like, she's a marketing genius when I'm like, no, she's just being petty as fuck. She's inserting (laughs) herself into like real people's real life. and And she's doing it under the guise of girl boss, girl power. Like, I'm like, this is performative feminism if I've ever seen it. Yes, and that's one of our main critiques of her, and it's something that even before the whole Joe Jonas-Sophie Turner debacle, it was like, she loves to stay quiet on issues that are kind of swirling around her that don't, like, really paint her in the best light, or maybe that she, if she has an opinion that isn't, wouldn't be considered, like, progressive maybe I don't know she just doesn't talk about it yeah but then when it's something that directly affects her and her money which she has plenty of let's be honest it's all (laughs) of a sudden she's like the biggest feminist that ever existed yeah so I think that's that and that's not it that's not an unpopular opinion by the way right yeah um so uh, yeah I think that there's a lot of people who can see that side of it um and there's a lot of people who choose not to (laughs) right so um, either way we can talk about the whole um phenomenon of the travis kelsey yeah someone i never thought would be in my purview Um, so it's so funny like (laughs) let's like dive into that because um for the past Probably since I started working in an office, I would like every season kind of dabble in like 
fantasy football. Mm-hmm. And um, it's not that like I watch like football games every Sunday or like really follow a team or like root for anybody in the NFL. But I did think that like fantasy football was kind of fun and like silly and stupid. And I liked the idea. And I, I won a couple times, which was always fun to me because I would be going against people that were big fans and like mm-hmm. really thought new. And the funny thing about fantasy football is like, I think the less you know going into it, the better you end up doing because you don't have those like people that you like want to be good or like people that you like wish would do better than they actually end up doing. You just kind of like, I'm just going to choose whoever has the best numbers. And yeah, <laughs> like that usually ends up getting you further. So Travis Kelsey was somebody that was always on my fantasy football team because he was really the best tight end in the league or one of them. And he always put up the best numbers. So that was the first time I ever like heard of him or like, I guess he like came on to my consciousness. For me, I was, I would always just kind of like heard his name kind of like tangentially. Um, I knew that he had a dating show on E! And that was kind of like my first ever like hearing his name in my life. Um, in my life in my life (laughs) and then after that like I literally never thought about him again and then when he was in the Super Bowl I guess last year with his brother was the other time that he entered my consciousness like brother versus brother (laughs) yeah um but literally don't don't have any interest in the man (laughs) I can't say that I've ever tried to seek out information on him or anything like that it's an interesting pairing because he's he seems very antithetical to like a lot of the people she's dated in the past. Um, She's always kind of hopped around maybe. Well, she's always more or less been pretty private with her, like the actual inner workings of like her relationships, like with Joe Alwyn, they were like never seen together and that's Mm -hmm. probably her most serious relationship. Mm hmm. And obviously, she's dated very famous people. They are in the public eye all the time. But with this one, it just feels a little, like, purposefully public. Right. I don't know. Um, and I'm so. saying, like, I know that there are publicity, like, relationships. And, like, I understand that. I, I also think, like, there could be a publicity relationship that's also real. So, like, I don't think it's, like, one or the other. Like, you know, like... It can I be think, mutually beneficial and also, like... And also they could be interested in involved. each other. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I probably think that's more where I fall on it. And it does seem, like, out of character, though, to be so, like, in your face about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess just going to football games, like, you're going to be, like, able to be seen. Like, there's not really anywhere you can go. I guess you could watch it in the in the locker room or something right. but like there's <laughs> not really anywhere boring. you can go where you're not going to be able to be caught on camera mm-hmm. so I don't I don't know if I like blame her necessarily for like being so like much in the public eye and then I also have seen a lot of um critique or critique like people that are really big fans I guess like talking about how maybe Joe Alwyn was like more insecure about being with her and like how his, I guess, career is not like, wasn't like popping off in the way that, in the way he hoped, right. In the way he hoped. And like, she's like this, like obviously worldwide phenomenon. So like, maybe it was more him like wanting to be like in the shadows. 
Um, so I don't know. I guess mm-hmm. take all this with a grain of salt. No one really knows, but yeah, um, it's all just conjecture or whatever. Right. But, but um, it is very interesting. It's good. It's like a moment in time, kind of. It feels like. Yeah, and um, like I'm not super. Like I saw a picture, paparazzi pictures of them, obviously like going to dinner, or going somewhere where they were holding hands. And I'm like, okay, they're cute. Like I don't, I, I'm not like here to say like don't date him or this is stupid or whatever. Like I think they yeah. look good together. I wish them all the best, but it's not like I care enough to be right. seeing like the same picture every day and be exactly. like screaming about it. <laughs> you no, know? I feel that for sure. No, I totally like. I want her to date whoever she wants to date, but I, in general, I'm just kind of like, there's got to be other things that we can talk about, you guys. <laughs> like, yeah, there really has got to be. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So I'm, I've been grateful to Jada Pinkett Smith <laughs> in the recent <laughs> yes. days. I've been grateful to Britney Spears, oh both gosh. of them for putting out memoirs. Um, I can't wait. Because it Britney's. felt very like the well was drying up with mm-hmm. all the Taylor stuff. And I was like, please. The dull drums. Let's of- talk about anything else. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's how we feel. And yet here we are talking about it. <laughs> okay. And that's the thing we do. I feel like a lot of our discourse revolves around her just because it's like unavoidable. Um, and so, yeah, call us a hater if you want, but we're that's entitled just... to our thoughts, just the same as you are. Exactly. Um. So, and this is our podcast, so we can talk about whatever we want. And <laughs> our next section, some people might like, because I've been really interested in, like, I think I talked about it. I went to the Eras tour. I was there. I was in the very last row. Um. I saw <laughs> oh, yeah. it. I kind of forgot about that. I saw it. it. It happened. Um. I will not be seeing the movie, but I've been very interested in like the discourse around her discography and her music career, and mm-hmm. just like her impact on pop in general, which is a music genre that I care deeply about. Yeah. So um. Yeah. Like I. I will participate in that type of discourse and that will lead us into our next segment, I guess, where yes. we, Taylor Swift, non-Swifties, rank. will be ranking our top five favorite Taylor Swift songs. Yes. And I think I just want to preface this by saying, I think that you and I even are coming at this from different levels of knowledge. Mm-hmm. I am not someone who ever like will seek out Taylor Swift's music. I mm-hmm. just know what has like been shoved in my face, basically. Like I know all the TikTok, like the songs used in TikTok sounds. I know like all of the her singles, singles the yeah. things that play on the radio. Um, I will say, like, I guess I could talk kind of about like my history with like her music or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, back when she released Fearless, I think I was in high school, maybe. What year was that? Fearless was 2008. Okay. So, so Taylor Swift, the debut album, her self-titled album was 2006. Okay. So 2008, I was 16. Um, and I, when Fearless came out, I was a, aware of her already. Like, she already felt like a very famous person to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was more like, obviously, she was more in like the country niche, um, of like the country genre. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Again, I, you know, I've never been a huge, like, country music fan, so 
Mm-hmm. I wasn't like seeking out her songs, but I knew Tim McGraw and like all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but when Fearless came out, I actually bought the album. And I think it was like mm-hmm. me and my friends were kind of like, they were like, we like her, like you should listen. And so I bought the album and then me and my friends like went to her. I think she played at the San Antonio Rodeo. Mm-hmm. So we saw her there. Um, and that was like, I was honestly really trying to see like what other people saw. Like I was like, I want to be in on this. Like all of my friends are having fun, like listening to her music and all of that kind of stuff. Right. And I tried my best. <laughs> I really but, tried, you guys. Um, but it just like never connected on that level, I would say. Like I would drive around and like listen to like I would listen to all the songs on Fearless and like sing along with them. But it just never was like I relate to this music, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. I wasn't relating to what she was saying. I wasn't really relating to, like, you know, the situations she was writing about and, like, all of that kind of stuff. So right. um, that was kind of where I, I guess I, like, fell off. <laughs> Literally her second album. <laughs> but <laughs> I fell off at Fearless. That's yeah. Funny. But uh, you and I were talking about earlier, like, if I had to choose my favorite of her albums just, like, as a whole, I would probably choose 1989. Um, but again, like I only know the songs that were like played on the radio off of that. Yeah. So I don't know any of the deep cuts, you guys. Yeah. I guess I have kind of maybe a a little bit different relationship to her because I mean, Taylor Swift is literally like, I think five months older than me. Like we're like, I feel like her life and career is very like steeped in like the same timeline as my life. Mm -hmm. Um, and for some reason, and I was, I mean, I would go back and forth, like, with my music taste, I feel like, I think growing up, and I think that's part of growing up is, like, trying to figure out, like, what you like, what you identify with, what you don't, when you, like, think you want to like something because everyone else likes it versus when you actually like something. Um, exactly. And so, like, figuring that out, I think, it was super, was super fun. Um, so... The self-titled Taylor Swift album, I remember I was 16 when it came out, and all my friends were super into country music. So, I mean, growing up in Texas, a lot of people are. Mm -hmm. Um, I never thought I was. There was a a short time when I was, like, getting into it because, like I said, I felt like I should because, like, everybody else liked it. So, um, but I, I don't think Ada, well. <laughs> I know you hated it. I don't think at a like a cellular, cellular level, I ever was like, no, this is my shit. Like, you know? Yeah, no, I feel you. So, um, I like our song. I liked Tim McGraw. I liked all those songs. Um, mm-hmm. but I never felt like they were going to be like in the canon of my favorite songs of all time or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And then like, like you said, she was one of those artists that was kind of like coming up in the Disney days in the like Demi Lovato, Jonas Brothers. Like they were all like, it felt like coming up together. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I ever imagined like she would be what she's become today. Like back then, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so really the transition that she did from country into pop music, I do think that should be studied because that like that you that doesn't happen. Like, you mm-hmm. know, it, it's not like something that's super easy to pull off um, or something that I think happens very often. So um, 
I really enjoy the Red album, which came out in 2012, the year I graduated college. Through reputation, I'm very hot and cold on. There's songs on there that I love, and there's songs on there that I I think are absolutely horrendous. Deplorable. (laughs) Deplorable. (laughs) So 2012 through 2017 was really, like, my sweet spot to where I was, like, I wasn't, like, the biggest fan, but I also, like, was, like, okay, she's, like, doing some cool stuff. Yeah. Um, And then the disconnect, I think, is a lot of the – really hardcore fans that I encounter today don't know like they don't connect with anything before I guess lover which is weird to me before lover before lover okay so they're like like a lot of them are lover through folklore through midnights and I'm like to me those are her four worst albums (laughs) so um yeah I, I I think that's where like the disconnect comes in I think for me yeah that that's funny that when you said lover that reminded me I have like a very specific memory of when that album dropped and I was kind of like in a place where I was like I'm ready to give her another chance like I really just wanna I'm gonna listen to this album I need to see like what the people what the girlies are talking about like (laughs) I have to know and I want to feel what you're feeling (laughs) I want to feel what you're feeling and I remember I was driving to San Antonio from Houston I don't remember what it was like the holidays or something because you were there when I got Mm -hmm. there and I like listened to the whole album and like when I got home I like talked to you about it I was like I just still don't get it like it is this album I did not think was very good like Mm -hmm. I don't know so yeah that's kind of so what I guess my point in like bringing that up is um you have a little bit more kind of like knowledge on her I think I've always kind of given her albums a shot and, like, listened to them all the way through at least once. Right. So, yeah, I might have more, like, like songs that maybe you've never listened to that I'm like, oh, this is a good song. You should listen to it. Yeah. Because, like, one one thing we've talked about before is her singles are almost never the best song on the album. So it's hard for, like, casual listeners to, like, get interested. Right. Um, it I would say it all it like deters me from getting interested right because it's um, like if this is your like single from your new album this I, you're almost saying like this is like the theme of my album yeah like go check it out and if you don't like that song then why would why right. would I want to check out your album like right so yeah so I guess the songs that I have chosen are kind of just like from a surface level um what I know about her music, I guess. And we haven't gone over our list, so we might have overlapping. Yeah, we might. So let's begin. Let's <laughs> begin. Um okay, so I guess I can start with my number five. Okay. Which might be kind of surprising. Um but at my number five I picked Bejeweled from Midnights. Oh okay. That's I, the one I that song. You what? I don't mind that song. Okay, and I'm going to be honest. I think two of the songs on my list I've never actually listened to in full. <laughs> I just know. <laughs> I just know they're better. I just better. know from TikTok. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, at least with Bejeweled, it's mostly what I've heard. And I'm, I mean, I've probably heard most of it at this point from the clips that I've heard on TikTok. But I like it. 
it I like the I like the word bejeweled. <laughs> I, I think do too. it's a cute word. I really I liked like- the visuals at her concert when she sang bejeweled. I mean it was yeah. just jewels, which I like <laughs> exactly. So literal, and I but- like that. It's pleasing yeah. to the eye. It elicits yeah. like a good feeling. Mm-hmm. And I think it's catchy. Yes. And that's really all I can say about that. <laughs> that's really all I can say about that. Okay, so for the number five slot on my list, it was um, I switched out my song a few times. Okay. Um, ultimately, here's where I landed. I put Back to December from Speak Now. Okay. It's a song about her relationship with Taylor Lautner. <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> I just really like the song. I don't know what else to say. It was the one go back to, back December. to December all the time. That one. Mm-hmm. And it has a really good um guitar like riff like like I like it and okay. it, it it's country it's it has country undertones but it doesn't feel like a full country song to me. Um, even, and that's one thing too, when people say she was like a country artist, like I think her debut album was very country, but I think everything after that was more like half country, country, half pop. Yeah. Um, but I do like that song. I think out of all her songs about relationships, it's the one that annoys me the least because she actually like, it seemed like she had like a good experience in that relationship and wasn't like bitter about it. That's good. And I thought, I think it's like, I mean, it's one thing to be able to write a song about like a bad experience. I think that might be actually a little bit less challenging, but to write a song about like a nice teenage, like love story that just didn't work out. And like, you being grateful for that, like part of your life. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I think it, it, it's good songwriting and I agree I think that's it. probably more in, like more challenging and more results in like a more impressive outcome as far more. as songwriting goes and then Taylor Swift not Taylor Swift Taylor Lautner <laughs> just doing ninja flips in the theater <laughs> doing bag flips in the movie theater <laughs> I'm actually ter- like I'm terrified at the thought of going to that movie. Um, anyways, <laughs> and besides the point, but one of the biggest <laughs> career flops <laughs> of all time. Oh yeah, he had it made like, in the he shade. He had everything <laughs> he needed to be a movie star, and then what? Ha- I don't know what happened. He maybe he just didn't want to. I don't. Know. I mean, not saying he was like. Oscar worthy in Twilight, but he was in people were the dying franchise. For him. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. But that's besides the point. And now he's married to someone named Taylor. <laughs> the only day people named Taylor. And he does backflips. <laughs> oh my god. Those flips had me shook to my core. <laughs> okay. Okay. So speaking of Speaking of songs about relationships that annoy us the least. Okay. <laughs> so maybe a controversial one. Okay. Number four, I have Forever and Always from Fearless. That was on my honorable mention. Um, this was my, I think, my favorite song off of Fearless, which is uh, ironic because it's about Joe Jonas. Mm-hmm. It's a good song. And um, I was 
in that time, it was the whole Taylor Swift on Ellen making a victim of herself, talking about how she got dumped over the phone in a 27-second phone call by Which, Joe Jonas. Like, how, how are you supposed to get dumped when you're 18? And it was the call was only 27 seconds because you hung up. Just saying. <laughs> Anyways, we're not going to get into that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but again, I love this song, and I think it's a bop. The song is good. It's on my honorable mentions list. Um, and it's very, it's a very like when you're 16 and emotional and everything. Like it's like you're, it's raining in my room. Everything's wrong. Like it's a very like when you're at that age, a very relatable lyrics. So I like agree. It. Agree. Okay, what's your number four? Okay, my number four is delicate from Reputation. Okay. You know that song? I know it because it was on the latest season of The Samurai Turned Pretty. Yeah. And I was like, I don't like this. <laughs> oh, no. I think it's a really good song. Um, I don't know. I don't really have much to say about it other than I really enjoy that song. When it first came out, I listened yeah. to it on repeat. Um, Maybe I need cool to listen to it. Because I know. I think what I like about it is out of the reputation era she that was really when she came out and it was like i'm pissed at kanye west and like it was like all this stuff that i thought yeah. was very contrived and didn't feel almost authentic to like who she actually is but that one song off of it it opens with like my reputation's never been worse like so, like, all we can do is, like, be here together and, like, get through it, like, kind of thing. And I thought mm. that felt more authentic than, like, her, like, I'm here for revenge. Right, like, you know, right, like, right. that, like, that to me felt like an actual emotion. And so, and I thought it was a nice song about a relationship as well. Nice. I like, I like getting that context because I wouldn't have known that otherwise. It's like, this ain't for the best. My reputation's never been more so. You must like me for me. So I like that lyric. Yeah. Okay, so my number three is going to be a little song called Blank Space. That's on my <laughs> honorable mentions. And this is her, I think it was a single, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's one of the only singles that she's released that I'm Definitely actually like. Definitely one this of the best good. singles. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't even like it on to like in like terms of like depth of lyricism or anything mm -hmm. like that. It's just a really, it's like an undeniably catchy song. Um, and I think that I connect with the lyrics more so than I do with a lot of her songs. So mm -hmm. just kind of given. At face value, I think that, you know, for my money, it's one of her best songs. Yeah, I really like that song, too. Blank space, baby. Yeah, and it's kind of, it's almost like her self-aware side coming out, which is nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, Because it's almost like, yeah, I know that I have, like, this list of people that is ridiculous yeah and like and I think it was one of the earlier kind of like instances of her being kind of like more self-referential mm -hmm. in her music 
And like we were texting about earlier, like that tone can wear on me pretty quickly. But I think mm-hmm. since it was like one of the first times she's done it, then mm-hmm. I like I thought it was um, good. But uh, oh, what was I just gonna say? It's almost like that 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 idea of like this is who you all think I am, so I'm gonna do it like times a million. And I right. I always kind of like like that attitude. Um, in doses, yeah. I can. In doses, yeah, yeah. Um, it's novel the first time you do it, right? Let's exactly. And then, like, it's like, okay, we we've seen this trick before, right? And I think that it, since this this was on 1989, right? Um, I think yes. since then she she attempts to like use humor in her songwriting a lot of times, and I don't think it really works. Yeah, I don't a lot think of we the have time. Similar senses of humor, <laughs> right? And yeah, and that's fine, but like you know, so it may, I was thinking about it because somebody like Olivia Rodrigo who just released a new it album. It's funny. It is actually really funny. And yes. like, obviously like that could wear on me after some time too, but, um, but it just, it feels like a, a more successful like use of humor in music, at least as far as like it connects it to my sense of humor. It doesn't feel forced. Mm-hmm. It feels authentic. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know that I've ever seen like Taylor be authentically like that's another thing about her persona I think is that it she has been so guarded that I don't know that I truly I mean I watched Miss Americana but even that sometimes felt produced Mm, so it's almost like I don't know that I've seen her like actual personality um but it's at the same time, it's like with the level of fame she has, it's like you're never going to. Right. Like Yeah, at this point, no. Yeah. yeah. And if I wasn't paying attention, which to her credit, I may just not have been paying attention when she was like doing I don't know if she used to post YouTubes. I don't know what she used to do because I just wasn't watching. Mm-hmm. But um yeah. So if she has like done stuff that y'all think is funny, let us know and we'll check yeah, it out. Yeah, send us <laughs> videos. And yeah, all that to say I was just thinking about like the lyrics in blank space and I do think that they're funny. Like I think that in especially in conjunction with the video for the song, mm-hmm. like I think that it was mo- it was more successful than a lot of her other attempts in humor in her songs. For me, agreed. Okay, uh my number 3 is King of My Heart from Reputation. I have never heard of that song. <laughs> it's really good. I think it's really good. Okay. Um, it's also another song from Reputation that's more like toned down. It's not like a big, loud revenge song. It's like, it's a love song about Joe. Um, King of good. My Heart is about Joe? Mm-hmm. Alwyn? Or Joe Jones? Alwyn, sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> Joe Alwyn. <laughs> um, and... It's just like, let me look up some of the lyrics. I don't know. I don't know what else to say about it. Like, you have to listen to it. Okay. I'll listen. But I mean, like, it's like, it's more like a quiet song, like I said, like, kind of in the same vein as Delicate. It's kind of, it felt more authentic to me than some of the other songs off Reputation. And it's more like her, it was her... The song starts off, I'm perfectly fine, I live on my own, I made up my mind, I'm better off being alone. And so it's more like coming from that space that I think a lot of women like get to where it's like, 
I'm like so used to being by myself that I feel like I could do this forever. And then like somebody Mm -hmm. comes and like changes your mind. Story Um, of my life. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't know. I like you should listen to it and tell me. Maybe I'll relate to that one. Yeah. Okay. I'll listen. (laughs) All right. My number two is the other one on my list that I don't actually think I've listened to in full, (laughs) but I really like what I've heard of it. And that's August. Okay. Um, I, don't I think can I've... see it's lost in the memory. Oh. Um, yeah, I went to the bathroom during the <laughs> Well, everyone <laughs> always posts it when it's August 1st. So <laughs> I'm sure you'll get a chance to hear it next year. Um, but I, I really like just like the vibe of that song. It feels more kind of like subdued and... Yeah. Chill and yeah. Yeah, I know from your little ditty, I know what that is. <laughs> yeah. If that yeah, that one's like a vibe. It like Yeah, it's very vibey. Yeah. I like that one. Um, my number two is State of Grace from the album Red, and that's the one I told Rachel to listen to earlier. Mm-hmm. I think it just ha it's the opening song of the album, and it has like a really addictive like drum line under it that like ki- like it kind of comes in like really like punchy mm-hmm. and um it just has really good lyrics too like and uh, this is going to be very controversial but um Scooter's version is way better than Taylor's <laughs> version hey. um I like and that I the original is the original for a reason so there's this thing of like, and this happens to all artists, like you age and your voice matures. So it's like you can't recapture the exact sound of something you recorded when you were, what year did this come out? When you were 22, when you're 32. Like mm-hmm. it's not, doesn't work that way. Right. Um, I'm not saying, like, I'm not taking a stance on all that. Like I said, I think Taylor has plenty of money. Like, I don't think she's, like, (laughs) going to be, like, begging on the street at any time. Um, But (laughs) I do. I mean, I'm not a person that's morally opposed to listening to the original versions. Um, Yeah, it, it just has a really good pace. And, like I said, the drum and the guitar are really, like, effective in the song, I think. And mm-hmm. it's one of those that I like blasting and like singing as loud as I can. So. Yeah. Okay. Every time I hear State of Grace, I just think of that, that show. Alia Shawkat and Mae Whitman show <laughs> <laughs> where they were became blood sisters. <laughs> here's, here's my favorite like lyrics from the song and I'll just read them. Okay. You come around and the armor falls, pierce the room like a cannonball. Now all we know is don't let go. We're alone, just you and me. Up in your room and our slates are clean, twin fire signs and four blue eyes. You were never a saint and I loved you in shades of wrong. We live. We learn to live with the pain mosaic of broken hearts. It, it, it has really good lyrics, I think. Okay. I'll have to listen. I'll give it a listen sometime. Today. Uh, <laughs> one of these old days. It's only like three minutes. <laughs> um, 
we might have the same number one. We probably do. Okay. So I think it's pretty universally decided what right. the best, her best song is. Um, so my, our number one is All Too Well. Um, I don't have a preference as far as original or 10-minute. Do you? Okay. Yes. Okay. Not the 10-minute version. <laughs> the original version. We don't need a 10-minute version. I only know the 10-minute version, like... It's tied in my mind with the video, which I liked. So I'm kind of like, yeah, I like it. Um, it's just like it. I mean, the only difference is it has extra verses. And I just think the verses aren't as good as yeah. the ones that she chose to put in the original, which is why she probably chose to put them it in the original. <laughs> um, in my opinion, out of, again, out of the songs that I heard and know which is not all of them. I think this is by like a large margin, her best song. And the only one that I would consider to be like a real, like great song in the canon of great songs. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There is, I mean, the song, like I'm not ashamed to say, like makes me cry. (laughs) Like almost every time I listen to it, Mm -hmm. Um, there's a lyric in it that I just think is, Oof, where is it? Oh, I mean, all the lyrics are good, but I just think, and you call me up again just to break me like a promise, so casually cruel in the name of being honest is so good. Yeah, I know that one. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I don't know. I think that like, like when I hear people talking about like her lyricism and like her storytelling, like this is this is truly the only song where I'm like, okay, I see what you mean. Like, yeah, I think it's really well written. I think it's really it's like the story is realized, and like we know where you know we have images to put with like the words and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and sorry to Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> I'm sorry to this man. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, no. Jake Gyllenhaal will come into the conversation later. <laughs> I think I think it's one of probably I don't know. It's a very universally um, relatable feelings and ideas to like relate to. I think mm-hmm. just like it's like at it, at its base, it's just like a relationship that you were so like excited about, and then it just it wasn't yeah. what you wanted it to be. So I think right. that's just, like, something everybody can relate to. Or even, like, from another angle of being, like, just, like, feeling this person's, like, light shine upon you. Uh-huh. The, a person that you would, like, maybe think is, like, out of your league or, like, right is more, like, too mature for you or, like, is right. on a different level than you. Uh-huh. And you have their light shine on you and then it just it gets ripped away. And you yeah, and then it's having all that it's cracked up to be, and then having the like darkness and loneliness to have to like look back on it and like mm-hmm. relive those moments over and over again in your mind, just very very devastating, but so good. Yeah, agreed. Um, so that's our top five. You want to talk about your honorable mentions? Oh yeah, you you t- two of them were on your list, so okay. um. Honorable mention, I have Wildest Dreams from 1989. I think that's a good song. Blank Space, Forever and Always, you said, about Joe Jonas. And then I really like um, White Horse 
from Fearless mm. also. I forgot about that one. Ugh. What and then the we can talk about her worst song. <laughs> <laughs> we already mentioned that her singles are not it. They're not it, sis. I think... Okay. I think even also, among Swifties, like, people agree that me, exclamation point, is a terrible <laughs> song. And Brendan Urie never recovered. He will never recover. <laughs> Brendan Urie seen dead in a ditch. Um, <laughs> what was I? Oh, my personal, Your personal probably hell least is. favorite. <laughs> my personal hell is talking about this any longer. No, I'm just kidding. Um... I think Look What You Made Me Do is like, look what you made me do. Pretty abysmal. <laughs> like what? What did she do? I don't. Uh, I just. Yeah. Okay. What, what's your least, like number um, one least favorite? Probably me, exclamation point. Let me look. Oh, there was one, like I said, on also on Reputation. This is why we can't have nice things, mm. which is also about the Kanye situation, which is a whole other topic of conversation. <laughs> But I just think that song is so dumb and it doesn't okay. like it's like I think it's meant to be like, um uh, I I got you, Kanye, and it's like mm-hmm. so dumb. Lord have mercy. I don't know that one. Yeah, don't <laughs> I probably to will it. never listen to it. <laughs> um well, I hope that everyone um maybe enjoyed a discussion from the other side of your perspective or you know we aren't here to like hurt anyone's feelings or rustle anybody's feathers or yuck anybody's yums this is just you know when you I feel like maybe you can relate to this but it's like when you feel like you're in the minority of an opinion that Mm -hmm. the whole world seems to have Mm -hmm. it's like I just got to talk about this. Like, I just have to just gotta get, get my off feelings my out. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's kind of what this was. Well, you're allowed to have – we're allowed to have complicated feelings about pop culture. <laughs> exactly. That's okay. um, speaking of Jake Gyllenhaal, <laughs> <laughs> do we want to do our letterbox roundup for September? Oh, yeah. Should we do it? Yeah, I guess we can do October later. Yeah. So I was really going hard in the paint in September for some reason. I was like scrolling through my diary and letterbox and I was like, damn, I watched a lot of movies. (laughs) Okay, I'll go first. I think you went first last time. Um, I guess just to make it quicker, we'll just like list off the movies we watched. Okay. Um. Okay, so the first movie I saw in September was with you, actually. Me too. We went and saw Bottoms in Dallas, and I really liked it. I thought it was a really fun, like, new take on, like, a teen comedy. The Um, whole audience was LOLing. Yeah, it was really funny. It, like, went to some places that, like, I did not expect at all, (laughs) but, like, really worked. It was one of those where it, like, goes so over the top that you're like is this this happening that's so funny yeah but it worked and so I was really happy to see that um movie have some success in the box office I think it did good in the box office yeah I think it did too um and then the next movie I watched was Igby Goes Down 
which is a 2002 movie with Kieran Culkin and Claire Danes, um, Amanda Peet. It was good. It was I've like, never heard of that. It was kind of like um, like Cruel Intentions vibes a little bit. Like it was very kind of like private school kid like discovers like sex and whatever. Um, I love but Cruel Intentions. I know, me too. So, so it was kind of that vibe. That vibe. Um, and I wanted to see little baby Kieran Culkin. So love. Okay, and then after that, <laughs> I rewatched Chasing Happiness. The Jonas Brothers. Oh, I need to rewatch that. Was this so was on September fifth, so the the divorce was a mere rumor at that point, and I was like, <laughs> I need something to make me feel good. I need a so, cleanser. <laughs> so I rewatched that, and I just think it's really good. I don't know. I I think obviously it connects with me in a way because I was like there for mm-hmm. like the whole like. Um, What's the word? Joe Bronissance. Yeah, the Joe Bronissance. Um, so it's just fun to kind of like go back and get some background for all of that. Um, so if you haven't watched Chasing Happiness, you should watch it. It's on Amazon Prime. Um, and then I decided, for whatever reason, I was going to enter my Jake Gyllenhaal being a little freak, sticking his nose where it shouldn't be, era. Nightcrawler. And I rewatched Nightcrawler, <laughs> which is such a good movie. I think it's such an underrated movie. He should have won an Oscar. I agree. He's so good in it. It's so, like, I, j- I don't know. It just, like, gives me that feeling I love of, like, unsettled ickiness. Who directed that? It was Dan Gilroy. Who also did that movie Velvet Buzzsaw from a couple years ago with Jake Gyllenhaal? Uh, okay. Roman J. Israel Esquire, I never saw. <laughs> but um, I just, I really think that Nightcrawler is like, call, night, Nightcrawler is an underrated thriller. It's elite. Yeah. It's, it's very good. If you haven't seen it, highly recommend. And then staying on that track, I rewatched what only rises in my estimation every time I rewatch it, which is Zodiac. Um, it's like, well, I don't know. Like, I would consider it one of my favorite movies of all time at this point. What? Like, for really? sure in my top ten. Yeah. Oh, god. Have you seen I watched, it? I watched it on the plane on the way back from here. You did? Yeah. Oh, my God. Time. Okay, well, I'm excited to hear what you think. Did you like it? I I need to rewatch it, I think. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because um, I, I did fall asleep. I think it was only like maybe 15 minutes. But I don't know. It was also on the heels of me watching, um, of us watching. Um, seven. Seven. Yeah. And it's very different. Than it's very seven. different. So I think I was like taken aback by how like different it was. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I watched, spoiler alert, me and Michelle both watched Seven this month, but I had seen Zodiac, like, a long time before, so I guess, again, it's, like, one of those situations of, like, what you see first Uh is, like, what you- Well, I watched both of them for the first time. Oh, you did? (laughs) Yeah, I'd never seen either. So we watched Seven in Germany, and then we watched- zodiac on the plane ride back that's funny because the first time i saw zodiac was also on a plane that's funny and um 
But yeah, you should rewatch it. I think it's like kind of a masterpiece. Um, I liked it. I'm not saying I didn't like it. I, it just wasn't what I was expecting at all. So I think I need to like go back in like with a different mindset of, and Jake Gyllenhaal obviously was really good in it. Yeah. A um, freak. <laughs> <laughs> I just love how he wouldn't give up. <laughs> I love his tenacity. <laughs> a little uh, cartoonist. Uh, I, uh, I just like, like I said, like every time I watch it, it just like grows higher and higher in my like ranking of it. Um, there's some really uh, once I get to my list, we'll get back into it. But there's a really funny like parallel between two of the movies I watched. Okay, and I want to talk about. Hell yeah! Does it have to do with John Carroll Lynch? <laughs> Is that the guy that played the killer? Yeah, in Zodiac. Yeah. Wait, I guess that right? Oh yeah. my god. I feel like, because I feel like he's always, like, popping up and stuff. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I had a lot of first-time watches in September. Oh, that's good. I feel like I had a lot of rewatches. Um, But yeah, Zodiac, my number one Fincher of the ones I've seen. Um, just love wow. it. Wow. Um, okay, and then... <laughs> And then after that, I watched Love Again, which is the Priyanka Chopra, uh, Sam Hugan, Hagen. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. No. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, it's what you expect out of a a Netflix rom-com. Like, I have another one that I watched this month that I'll talk about. She's also an interesting, like person she was likable in this i i just have never seen her in anything i feel like i i mean she was in um baywatch with zach efron did you see that i never saw that she was good in that because she was like the evil person Mm. but like it's an interesting to career because she was like the biggest movie star in bollywood right or like one of the biggest like figures so, like, to come to the States and, like, try to cross over into, like, Hollywood and then, like, kind of not really have anything great on her resume yeah. so far. I mean, she has stuff. Like, she works. Besides but Quantico. That was, like, her main thing, I feel like. Yeah, and I I mean, I don't know if that was good. I never watched it, but. Me either. Um, yeah, it just, it's interesting because you would think you would get a little, like, maybe mm-hmm. some more opportunities to like show show off your chops if you're like one of the biggest yeah. movie stars in India. She I yeah, like I said, I think she was really likable in this like I had never I'm not like familiar with any of her acting work really. Um so it was kind of like my first intro <laughs> entree into that. <laughs> I didn't really think she had good chemistry with the guy, but who knows like whose problem that is. Um <laughs> And yeah. inexplicably, Celine Dion has a major role in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and much to my chagrin. <laughs> Not chagrin, just like, what? <laughs> and she is wrote, Celine Dion a good actress? <laughs> she wrote music for this movie. Like, they played her hits, and then she also, like, wrote new songs. It was a Celine Dion movie. <laughs> it was a Celine Dion project. <laughs> a Celine Dion vehicle. So I can't say that I, like, recommend it, but, you know, if you're in the mood for a cheesy little love story, why not? Um, 
And then I watched the new Nicole Hall of Center movie, You Hurt My Feelings. I with... also watched that. You did? Yeah. It just on came on streaming, I think. Yeah. So I was like, I want to see it. I love Julia Louis-Dreyfus. I didn't really like it that much. Um, yeah, I, just, I thought it was just okay. I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was just okay as well. Um, she has another movie with Julia Louis-Dreyfus I want to watch called Enough Said with Gandolfini um, that I've heard is good. And then I watched the Bama Rush documentary, which I thought was actually pretty bad. Like, I... I heard it wasn't good. I, I don't know, like, if I just, like, never got anybody's thoughts on it. I just, like... I thought that everyone was watching it and liking it, and then I, I realized think there was a nobody lot of was watching hype. it. <laughs> I think there was a lot of hype around it coming out because it. I yeah. mean, I, it's a topic I would be interested in. And then when exactly. it came out, I heard it wasn't good, so I didn't watch it. Yeah, it seems like such a good idea. Like I was like really interested, and yeah, it just wasn't very good. Um, and then I watched Theater Camp, which came out on streaming as well. Was it good? It was cute. I really liked it. I thought it was really funny. Um, it was kind of like, it was a little like reminiscent of like Wet Hot American Summer a little bit, um, but more kind of like School of Rock. A little bit School of Rock, yeah, yeah. like kind of that vibe. Those and vibes. I thought it was funny. Um, I like a movie about children and just like putting Being, on a production yeah. is like <laughs> always fun. Yeah. yeah. And um, I like the opportunity to, like, see Ben Platt in something that, like, I actually like him in. <laughs> so. I think um, he's better at comedy mm-hmm. than, like, Ernest. I mean, I think the uh, Dear Evan Hansen movie was a joke. The wig was so bad. Did you see it? I never saw it. I tried it. to watch it and I had to turn it <laughs> off. He looked like he was 40. Yes. <laughs> It was it was laughable. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it was so, so bad. Keep doing but comedy, the politician. Then. Did you ever watch the politician? Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought he was really good in that. I thought he was funny. Yeah. Um, and then I watched Unfaithful, which is the Adrian Lyon, one of his erotic thrillers with Diane Lane and Richard Gere. Oh, um, I was like, is that the one with Beyonce? I think that's like obsessed, obsessed, obsessed. Um, this one I didn't like like as much as I was hoping to. Um, it wasn't like it's I don't know who is in it. Diane Lane and Richard Gere. Richard Gere and Oliver ever... Martinez. It's not on my Mount Rushmore of like erotic thrillers, but um, I don't know. It's just kind of funny. Like I don't like that genre specifically. When you're in like the 90s, early 2000s, it's just kind of like a t- like a artifact a little bit. Like it, mm-hmm. it's like they could only get away with this like during this time. They don't probably. make them like this. In- <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, and then I went and saw Cassandro in theaters. <gasps> was it good? It was really good. I really liked it. Oh, um, I think I it's now streaming, but I went and saw it in the theater. Oh my gosh! And Gael Garcia Bernal is like. So good. He's he is amazing. such like a he's such like an endearing screen presence. I feel mm-hmm. like, like he has the just, ability to make you like 
really root for him. Root for him, yeah, <laughs> yeah. and like feel for him and like love him. Yeah. Uh, so I would recommend it. I thought it was like a really nice little film. So that sounded like patronizing, but it's <laughs> <laughs> well. Uh, there's film like there's like I think there's stories that feel like small. Like, I guess, like, little. But -hmm. that doesn't mean they're less important. Like, I think um, uh, You Hurt My Feelings is kind of like that. Like, the story was very, like, insular. Right. And it was, like, not a big idea. It was just a very small, like, little story. But that doesn't mean it's not important to talk about. Right. And this was based on a true story, too. Like, it was based on a real person. So Mm. you should watch it. I think you'd like it. Um. And then I watched Selena Gomez, My Mind and Me from a couple years ago. I watched ago. that last time I, I was on a plane. Really? <laughs> and I was like sobbing. <laughs> I liked it. I, I thought always, it was... I always cry on the plane when I'm watching <laughs> yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's the time to watch the saddest movies. <laughs> I'm like, is everyone seeing me literally sob? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I thought it was good. I like, like, it's not like a groundbreaking documentary or anything like that, but it's like... I don't know. It's always nice to kind of like see um, like a stripped down version of like celebrities. I don't know. I think it's very interesting. The idea of like, it almost felt to me like, so I kind of fell into my career. Like I'm a, like a project manager because one day I got a job as a project manager and that's kind of like what I I am now. Yeah. And it almost felt like that same thing with her where it was like, did she ever want to be this huge international pop star doesn't really seem like something she's right. very interested in. I but always find it's just it, like where she is and what like yeah. her life is, and she just has to kind of navigate it and figure it out and like figure out how to make herself happy within this world that she didn't really choose. She's been thrust into, yeah, right, yeah. So I think that's very interesting. To that point, I always find it interesting. I don't know if it's even like this is still even the stat anymore, but I think it's interesting that she was at one point the most followed person on Instagram where it's mm-hmm. like, Selena Gomez, really? Like, she had like that, m- the most liked picture. Yeah. On Instagram it was like her holding like a bottle of Coke. <laughs> and she's like, I literally didn't do anything. <laughs> like, y'all just followed me. I'm yeah. glad you're here. But, um, right. so yeah, it's definitely one of those things. Yeah. Um, and then I watched, but I'm a cheerleader, <laughs> which is a 1999 movie with Natasha Leone, which I thought was really funny and like very kind of campy. And it gave me kind of like John Waters vibes where it's like, she's basically being sent to like conversion therapy because everyone in her life thinks she's a lesbian, even though she has like a boyfriend and stuff. Um, RuPaul was in it and I literally screamed when he came on screen because he was like he like looked like a gym coach basically like a very masculine like gym coach and I was like oh my god RuPaul that is Um, camp yeah it was very camp and then the other um Netflix (laughs) romantic movie I watched was Love at First Sight with um what's her name Haley Lou Richardson oh I watched this, so I spent some time at Michelle's house <laughs> while she was in Europe, and my friend came over and we watched this. And it was a nice, like, girls' night vibe, I guess, just, like, chilling and watching, like, a dumb romantic movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it did its job in that respect, but it wasn't, like, great or anything. <laughs> did y'all go to a lounge here? 
Yeah. Did you like it? Yeah, it was really cool. Isn't it cute? We got some drinks and I got a salad with chicken that was yummy. The Caesar salad? I think so. I can't remember. It was good. I liked the vibes a lot. Um, And then the next morning I woke up and what do you know, it was the 30th anniversary of Dazed and Confused being released, which is one of my favorite movies. And it was on TV. So of course I rewatched it. That's Um, Linklater? Yeah. Okay. Richard Linklater. Um, And I just love it. Like I'm never not going to rewatch it. I don't know if I've ever seen that. I don't know if I've ever seen it start to finish. I've seen like clips. So good. It's just a very Rachel movie. Like it I I am who I am. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> um and then I watched Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. Um <laughs> which was really cute. I cried at the end. Mm. It's just like, I don't know, Leslie Manville. I had I don't know if I've ever like really seen her in anything of note or anything like that but she was very like again she was very endearing um in this role Mm -hmm. um and then I watched Vicky Cristina Barcelona which is a Woody Allen movie don't cancel me um (laughs) but I also watched a Woody Allen movie (laughs) sometimes they hit I don't know what to say um this one was okay I didn't like love it or anything I just had always wanted to watch it so I finally did it's the one with Scarlett Johansson and Javier Bardem and Penelope Cruz. Um, and then I went to the theater in Dallas and I saw Dumb Money. I'm like, Money. damn, you were already I know, at I the really theater. Watch a lot. Like, I, only have, I only have three more after this. Well, how? You were already at the 30th. <laughs> <laughs> how many did you watch I on the 30th? I told you I watched a lot. <laughs> 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 I went and saw Dumb Money. Um, oh, I wanted I really to see that. It. I wanted to see that. They because of fucking Taylor Swift, they don't they don't have it any times anymore for it. Oh, is it gone from the theater? It's not. I mean, they have it at AMC, but it the only time is like ten thirty a.m. and I'm like, oh. I can't make it. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be streaming soon. Um, I thought it was good. I thought it was like a really well done like that type of movie like you know kind of like behind the scenes of like a real life event that we is we know how we feel about yes daddy paul dano i've been on the train since <laughs> day one and i'm not hopping off anytime soon um yeah paul dano was really good P- pete davidson was actually really good um it's just good. I think you'll like it. You know, it's yeah, kind of like falls into that category with like air, I feel like. And like, um, obviously, this is much more recent history, but it was good to get because I remember when all that was happening. But I I don't know, like the inner workings of like the uh-huh. stock, stock market or whatever. But yeah. And then I watched Cha Cha Real Smooth, um, which came out 2022, directed by Cooper Rafe. Um which is another one that I would kind of classify as like a really nice little movie. Um, it had Dakota Johnson and Cooper Rafe was star- the star. And I thought it was very sweet. And like, what is oh, that about? It's about, um, so Cooper Rafe plays this guy who's like recently graduated college and he like doesn't really know what he's going to do with his life. And then he's attending a, either a bar mitzvah or a bat mitzvah. And He's like the one kind of like getting the crowd going and like pumping people up. So he starts this business of being like a 
a party starter and for like bar like mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs. Yeah. And so um at one of the at one of the celebrations he meets this girl or this woman played by Dakota Johnson who has a daughter who's the same age as like Cooper Rafe's little brother. So that's why he's like going to all these parties. And the daughter is on the spectrum. So she just has like a hard time like uh-huh you know, having fun and like letting loose and stuff like that. So they kind of like fall in love and it's just really sweet. I don't know. I liked it. And then I watched uh, The Wonderful Story of Henry Sugar, which is one of the um, Wes Anderson shorts that got dropped on Netflix. Yeah, I started that, but then I realized I was on my phone and I was like, okay, I (laughs) missed one fourth of this. It is 40 minutes, which I'm like, yeah, I guess that's I mean, it is a short film, but it is still kind of long. Um, but I liked it. I don't know. I thought I there was one that I watched. I mean, technically, I watched it this month, but I liked Poison, which is one of the other was ones. Was that one better, you thought? Um, I liked it more. There's four, aren't there? There's four, yeah. But the other three are all like under 20 minutes. Um, but I liked, I don't know, I, I liked that one the best. I don't think... It was necessarily better, but personally, mm. I liked it more. You watched all four? Uh-huh. Oh, God. They were just 20 minutes. <laughs> I know, but I'm like... Um, okay, last one. <laughs> I went to the theater, and I rewatched Stop Making Sense, which was re-released, remastered, and re-released in theaters. I didn't see it in IMAX. I but saw it, too. You did? Mm-hmm. I never Had you seen, seen it? it? It's so good. It's it just really like good. so fun. People were like dancing, and I know we were like shitting on the Taylor Swift fans for dancing in the theater, but this was different. It was yeah. like people were like dancing in their seats, like really like grooving to the music. Like, uh-huh. especially when like Burning Down the House comes on, it's like probably the climax really of the show. And it just, like, hits so hard. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd never seen it on the big screen, which I was surprised at, like, how different of an experience it was seeing it that mm-hmm. way. So I was really glad I went to see that. And he's, a that- really, he's a really special artist. Yeah, David And Byrne. I didn't even know, I don't even know that much about him or, like, I didn't, I don't know a lot of the Talking Heads music. But, I mean, just watching him perform and, like, the whole... The whole um ensemble yeah it's just like it's so like he created it unique yeah for the stage but also for the screen and i think that just like the the pairing of him and jonathan demi together i was was gonna say and directed by jonathan demi like what like lightning in a bottle like it was just like everyone was at the right place at the right time Uh and it just kind of created something that's like unassailable singular yeah yeah so that's what I watched in September. <laughs> <laughs> now tell us what the hell you watched. Okay. <laughs> I watched Bottoms. We talked about that already. Cute. Mm-hmm. Me and my husband watched The Babadook. Oh my God. I'm scared. Which is a horror movie that neither one of us had seen. We actually tried to watch it one time in like my anxiety was just like going off the chain not because anything like scary happened just because like I didn't know what 
what it was going to be about or like what was coming. So I just felt like it was going to be too scary. It actually ended up to me not being as scary as I thought it was going to be. Okay. So I've heard people I gave, say it's like the scariest movie they've ever seen. Yeah, that's why I think that's why I was like had so much anxiety around watching it. Like yeah. when it came out and it's kind of like a slow build type of thing where it's like nothing's happening but there's like an underlying anxiety mm-hmm. and like stress which is good filmmaking but once it was like revealed the horror aspect of it like I wasn't like that scared mm-hmm. <laughs> so I gave it three and a half um and then we watched Fargo Ooh. which I had never seen I've I haven't seen, watched that in a long time so I need to rewatch it I've seen the tv show um, yeah the first season of the show was so good it was very good and this movie I thought was very good as well Mm-hmm. Um, but that's where the parallel <laughs> comes in because uh, okay. the husband in Fargo is the killer in Zodiac right, and it was just right, like right. range because in Fargo <laughs> he's literally like the so sweetest yeah <laughs> like I saw a tweet that was like like quote this with um someone from a movie that's like the opposite of toxic masculinity and it was like a picture of him in Fargo. <laughs> she's like, he's the like most knitting. innocent little baby yeah. boy yeah, yeah. so uh, yeah I thought that was funny when I saw he really uh, does have a lot of range like he's one of he's like definitely like could like you would consider him a character actor but like he can really like pop up anywhere and like deliver mm-hmm. what you need for sure um and then Francis McNormand obviously was just phenomenal in Fargo um and then we watched 12 Angry Men which I also had never seen and it was so good like I was shook how much I liked it yeah the like the performances all around were just spectacular Mm -hmm. um highly recommend if you haven't seen that and then we watched classic I gave it five stars. And then we watched <laughs> Eraserhead. Oh my gosh, I can't watch that. That's the Don't. one David Lynch movie that I'm like, I can't. Like, I want to be a completist, but I can't do No. It. You don't. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know what to say about this movie. <laughs> Me and my husband were literally sitting there like, what the fuck? But, um... I just said, I just know David Lynch keeps the most insanely detailed nightmare journal. That <laughs> but, man is um, like... He's he's he's, he's unwell. <laughs> he's unwell, but in the best way. Yeah. Yeah. He's unwell in a way where we wouldn't have it any other way. He's unwell, but he's a delight. So this movie <laughs> is not for like the casual movie enjoyer. Just let me say that. Mm-hmm. Like... If you're looking for something that's very like absurdist, then go for it. But this it's it, scary, right? It's not. It's not really. I mean, to me, it wasn't scary. It's it's kind of gross out in parts. Mm-hmm. It's just very. I mean, I know there's like something he's saying, but it's very like out there. It's just like almost a piece of like absurdist okay. art that it's not narrative. There's nothing like. There's no story almost. It's just like <laughs> weird. Um, then we watched You Are So Not Invited to My Bat Mitzvah on Netflix. Oh, I watched that. It must have been yeah. last month. Or yeah, that was before. cute. 
with um, Adam Sandler and his daughters. Um, and his family. <laughs> his daughters really are adorable. Like, his daughters are so cute. The, yeah. the main one was, like, so cute. She, and they were very good, too. They weren't, like, like she – it was a good performance. Um, yeah. And I was like, this exists in the Uncut Gems universe because he's married <laughs> to Dina Menzel. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally the sequel to Uncut Gems. <laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious. Um, or the prequel. The prequel. It, it, it went downhill from the bat mitzvah. Yeah. Um, and then I watched Shiva Baby for the first Cute. time. I enjoyed it. I don't think I liked it as much as like a lot of people did. Um, mm. I, I definitely it's a prefer fair, like, first first feature like yeah for sure i prefer bottoms for sure like yeah. if i was gonna go back and watch a movie again one of her movies again i would choose bottoms definitely um but there's some like really funny lines and like good ideas happening um i think my favorite scene is the very last scene when <laughs> the dad makes everybody get in the van yes yeah um that was i feel like it's a good like this is what you should do with a limited budget and like yeah, your first time out, like yeah, yeah. I I enjoyed it. Um, and then my friends were in town, and Alexa told us we should go watch Gran Turismo, <laughs> 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 which I had didn't have very high hopes for, but I was like, it was pretty good. Like I didn't, I didn't hate it. Is um, it like a? Is it like a video game? It's a true story oh. about <laughs> these kids who. So the, I will say the I feel like the previews did it a disservice because it didn't. The I don't previews think I even looked, ever saw one. The previews looked like a ad for a video game. Okay, that's why the, I thought that the maybe. story is about these kids who were like super. They had this like real contest where these kids that were super good at this one video game got a chance to like train to be actual racers. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it was Formula One. I don't even know what race. I guess it's Gran Turismo. I guess that's the league, but I don't know anything about racing, obviously. But um, it was good. It was a good, like, action, like, underdog story. Okay. And it had, like, good twists and turns, and, like, I enjoyed it. I gave it three stars. Um, I just think... Gran Torino. <laughs> Directed by... Um, Does Clint Eastwood have a song in it? <laughs> no. Um, it does have Hopper from Stranger Things. Which one's that? He's like the main guy. The policeman. Oh, Hopper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then there's this kid that I don't think... Oh, and it has Orlando Bloom kind of in a strange role um mm-hmm. but uh and then haven't seen him in a while <laughs> yeah i don't know what happened to him anyways i i liked it more than i thought i would and then i went and saw barbie again Ooh, and i loved it again and then me and neek were kind of discussing our gaps in um denzel washington's filmography so we watched philadelphia which neither of us had seen I was gonna, uh, I remember like thinking about assigning that to you for one of our, it must have been Pride Month or something. Yes. Did you like it? I really liked it. I it's mean, so good. 
back to the conversation about Jonathan Demi, like the direction on it, I felt like was just insane. The aria, Um, the part where Tom Hanks is like talking through the aria, I was like, this is like so moving. Like, it's like edge of your seat in a way. Yeah. But it's not like. It's like out of place, but also like. Perfect. Makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I really, I really liked it. I understand it's very like of a time. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting that Denzel Washington's character was so like blatantly like homophobic in the movie. Like there's a lot of like lines his character has that mm-hmm. I'm like, you would never Couldn't catch this today. in a movie today. Yeah. Um. So that was interesting to me. I mean, not saying that's good or bad. I'm just saying it's like very like reflective of. What was 1993? Yeah, exactly. Um, So the story was just heartbreaking. Um, But I mean, at the end of the day, I guess triumphant. So I liked it a lot. And then we were about to leave for our trip. So I wanted to watch something Paris y. So we watched Midnight in Paris. Oh, I like that movie. Which Neek had never seen. And that was the Woody Allen movie. And but just he's so not charming. In he's not in either of the ones we watched. <laughs> no, he's not. It's very charming. I don't know. It was. It the, I think it was the second time I'd seen it. I think I saw it when it came out in theaters. Um, and Rachel McAdams is like a huge bitch in it, and I didn't yeah. remember that. And she's just like she's so like good. not in it at all. She like is though. Like she like she's in a a lot of it actually. Oh, um, I'm misremembering. But she's just, like, terrible. Like, she's, like, a horrible human being. <laughs> and I kind of, like, love that. Um, Adrian Brody's hot. Adrian Brody's in it. There's a lot of, like, cameos that I didn't remember. Um, yeah, whose faces, like, mean something different now. Than right, I didn't remember then. that um, Marion Cotillard had, like, such a huge role. Um, Allison Pill. Who played who I, um, F. Scott Fitzgerald? Um... I feel like that was somebody that was like, oh, I forgot that they were in this. Tom Hiddleston. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah there's there's quite a few. And Kathy Bates um, mm-hmm. shows up. Adrian Brody is Salvador Dali. Um, it's very charming. I mean, it's like kind of a silly... Um, Fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's cute. Um, and then we were on the plane. I watched four movies. And that was the end of my September. Um, I watched You Hurt My Feelings. And then I watched After Sun, which I hadn't oh, seen. And it was so, so good. So sad. I cried so much at the end of that. That was very was effective so last like last shot. Yeah. When he walks out the doors. Oh. I know. <laughs> I know. I mean, not to like spoil the movie, but I kind of loved how it was like. You just know, you just know what happened to him, but yeah. it doesn't like show it. Um, it's very, very heartbreaking. Um, yeah. And then I watched Before Sunrise, which I'd never seen. <gasps> Another like letter. It's so fucking good. Gave it five stars, which I don't do lightly. <laughs> it's in my like top. Like, romantic movies, like, it's definitely, like, top three. Yeah, and that's what I'd heard people say a lot, and I'd never seen it. And, 
they were so right. <laughs> like, I never thought Ethan Hawke was hot before. And I was oh, like, wow. <laughs> what I would do. Um, yeah, it was so good. I just put, wow, I waited too long to see this. Mm-hmm. Um, and her, I don't know her name. Julie Delpy. Yeah, she's she was fantastic. You got to see Before Sunset now. Yeah, I'm going to. I just haven't yet. And then the last movie I watched on the plane was Contact, which I'd never seen. What's that? Um, it is literally, I said my review is the way I love Arrival and Interstellar and hadn't seen this. Adding it to my Mount Rushmore of emotional space movies. Oh, um, it's a space movie? Yeah, it's got uh, Jodie Foster and Matthew McConaughey. And it's from 1997, directed by Robert. Yeah, directed by Robert Zemeckis, and it was actually like so good. (laughs) Back when Zemeckis was good, (sighs) yeah. um, R.I.P. to those days. (laughs) So basically, Jodie Foster. It shows like at the very beginning. This isn't a spoiler. Like she's a little girl, and like her dad like shows her about like. Um, radios and she like it's like one of her hobbies she just like like tries different like channels until she like reaches somebody and then they like tell her where they are and she like puts a pin on the map like Mm. oh they're in Florida like whatever and then her dad like dies tragically Um, and then so she's like basically an orphan because her mom had already died and so she like grows up and she's like very um, super smart like she she like gets scholarship to college and is like a scientist and is part of like space exploration basically. Mm-hmm. And she sets up this program where she basically they're just searching the universe for like a sign of life. And mm-hmm. um, it's like not like she can't find funding because like obviously it's like a pipe dream and like she finally finds this like millionaire billionaire guy who's willing to like fund her project and then they like come across something and um it's it's so interesting because like it really does like you can see direct parallels from like interstellar to this movie like he took Mm -hmm. a lot of inspiration from this movie and matthew mcconaughey's in it as well Mm -hmm. um and but it's almost like the idea seems like very I don't know it seems very ahead of its time for 1997 almost Mm -hmm. because they make contact and then I don't know if you ever want to watch it but um basically the the entity like sends them instructions on how to build basically a ship to get to them so they can Mm. like send somebody and it like goes so far like it goes Like, you would think the movie would, like, end with, like, oh, they're going to build it and whatever. But it, like, goes there. Uh And she, like, goes to the the being. (laughs) Does she meet them? And she does. and But it's, like, not what you expect. And that's all I'll say. But um, there's a lot of twists and turns. Like, because Matthew McConaughey's character is, like, this guy who is – he's almost – I don't know if he's a pastor, but he's, like, a spiritual, like, religion dude. But then she's, like, this, like, very scientific, like, everything is science and he's, like, everything is God kind of, like, 
that yin and yang. Mm-hmm. Um, but they like fall in love. And then so it's like almost these like really big ideas <laughs> like happening. And like it's like her journey to like figure out what it all means, basically. Wow. <laughs> and I watched it on a plane. But yeah. and I watched it in the sky. <laughs> and I watched it in the sky. But yeah. I enjoyed it. I gave it four stars. Nice. That's our letterbox roundup for September. And then yeah, all the movies I watched on the way back are for October. So that's true. Oh yeah, we didn't talk about seven because that's next month or this month. Okay, well, (laughs) since it is October and it's spooky month, spooky, (laughs) me and Michelle like Cookie Crisp. You did. (laughs) Me and Michelle are both gonna watch a, I think what's considered like a horror totem pole in in the film canon. Um. That we've never seen, and that's going to be Ridley Scott's Alien. So, which I never knew was considered a horror movie until like recently. I don't know. I don't know if it's scary or not. I'm. I mean, but literally every list I, if I look up like best horror movies, it's always on the list. So I'm like, it's like sci-fi horror. Okay, we'll see what. Hopefully, it doesn't keep me up at night. (laughs) Hopefully, (laughs) nothing could be scarier than. Independence Day. <laughs> I was gonna say signs. <laughs> the shot of the alien at the birthday party in Mexico. Haunts me. Uh, haunts me to this day. <laughs> it's like walking by like <laughs> it's so fake. <laughs> but but when you saw that for the first time, girl, I was scared as hell. Life. And yeah. then every time I like Every time I could see a reflection, like, in a TV, I was like, there's like, going to be something no, no, there. No, 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 <laughs> um, So, yeah, I'm excited to watch that. We Me might too. even be able to watch it together in theory. Oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. We'll see if that happens. But I want to thank you all for being here. Hopefully you enjoyed this come back don't call the world has never seen before (laughs) yeah we're glad to be back yeah we clearly had a lot of shit on our to get off our chest yeah we had a lot to say (laughs) um so please be sure to come back whenever we drop our next episode (laughs) we'll try to be more consistent consistent yeah um, but I also am going back to the office now, so we have to figure. We might have to figure out a new schedule. It's a cry and shame. Um, you can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Watching Up Pod, and um, we'll keep you up to date there as far as when our episodes drop. And otherwise, thank you all for listening, and we love you. Love ya. Love you, sis. See you soon. Bye. Bye. That's all I have to say.